episode 70 of the Worldwide Chelsea podcast. Today we bring you a quite special episode. Obviously it's international break and I promised you we'd bring on a new guest. We'd bring you in a slightly different topic, not just related to Chelsea. And I do have a fantastic guest for you. I have Chelsea YouTuber, Chelsea's Perspective. How are you doing, my friend? I can't complain, man. It's just the hype and it's carrying me. Fantastic guest. You called me, but I'll take it anyway. And thank you for inviting me to your podcast, man. I've been looking forward to it and I'm happy to be here. No worries. I mean, you, you, you've done you've done so much inviting me on your channel for the past few episodes that you've done. And I, 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 I had to obviously invite you on the pod and your football knowledge is great. So you're a brilliant addition to the pod um, and hopefully we'll be able to do many more um guys obviously we'll, we'll go through this at the end but chelsea's perspective has got an absolutely fantastic channel it's so unique um fresh ideas and it's a pleasure to watch so we'll put in the plugs at the end but make sure you guys subscribe to a channel but let's get into it so today we are going to go through our premier league predictions we're going to go through where everyone's going to finish from bottom to top and then we're going to list our player of the year, our young player of the year, the top goal scorer, top assists, and top, top clean sheets for the goalkeeper. Um, and then at the end of the season, it will be perfect because I can invite Kachila on for at least one more time. To uh, We will do a little review of what we got and see who actually has the right, who, who got the most right from it. But yeah, it'll, it'll be yeah, interesting. See how much of a blunder we're going to commit today, right? Oh, don't! I mean, I I did it. I did it on an article last year, and when I looked back at it, some of it was a pull. I think I put. I remember I put Sheffield United in seventh. So that was mm. terrible. I also said West Ham would get relegated. So I made a few you. mistakes. I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, West Ham were always one of them ones that they were. My mate was always like, oh, we're, we're going to go down. We're going to go down. We're going to go down. And I thought this would be the year they went down. And then, obviously, they had that great season. But, I mean, it shocked, I think it shocked a lot of people. But that's what's so fun about these Premier League predictions. No matter how good you are you, and how much knowledge you have at football, you all, there's always going to be a shock. And it's about predicting yeah. them shocks. Absolutely. But let's get into it. So, we'll start from the bottom of the table. We'll go from bottom all the way up. We won't tease who we've got as our uh premier league winners so kachilla do you want to go through your bottom who you think you're gonna get relegated the bottom three yeah it looks easy but i don't hopefully i'm not hoping i'm not wishing anybody bad luck but i think it's easy to pick the three teams that will you can say will get relegated and one of them i'm sorry to say crystal palace will be one of them and i I'll tell you my reason. It's uh, Patrick Vieira is trying to implement a style of play that is very foreign to the players he has. He doesn't have the personnel that is to uh, facilitate that style of play. And had he, if he sticks, if he had he, if he sticks to the uh, direct play that uh, was the former manager for Crystal Palace, Roy Hodgson. Roy Hudson, if he if he sticks to his uh, style of play, they have a chance of surviving it. But what he's trying to do is very foreign to the team. And if they don't change him by the middle of the season, it will be too late and they will be relegated. 
And uh, so I don't see them doing well trying to play good football. They should mix it up with some, be a bit pragmatic to survive. Um, and it's not like they spend that much money getting uh, the personnel that can help them at least uh, end up in the middle of the table by the end of the season. So another team there, one of them, the other team is already there. I see Norwich. I see them going down. And uh, the other team there, no, it's just they don't just have the team. It, because in the Premier League, it's not about playing good football. You have to be a bit pragmatic again, no matter, most especially if you're a bottom table team or a mid table team, you have to be a bit pragmatic to get results. And I, I don't see them doing that. They always like to play, the, uh, play beautifully and, and that can cost them, uh, um, that can lead to them uh, being relegated. The other team, the third team, is seriously a difficult one to pick. Um, it's it's between Watford, Watford and Brighton, and hmm. Uh, okay, the other team. I would say. I would say Brighton. Brighton will get relegated. So those are the three teams. Uh, three teams for me: Brighton, Crystal Palace, and what's the other one again? Uh, you said Norwich, yeah. Norwich, yeah. The three of them, and I'm standing by it. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. Cause, um, I, I, for me, I have two different ones. I, I, I we share a common ground in Norwich. I do think they'll get relegated they're always one of them clubs that bounces up and down as you said the style that they play they don't exactly help themselves mm-hmm. um but the, the two other teams that I've, i i've predicted to go down so in in last place i have predicted actually burnley to go down wow. i just think where they've always been a club that has not really spent a lot of money and they've always just about done enough um and they've been in the they've been in the premier league a long time sean dice has done a very good job but i think this might be the year where they just struggle i mean they rely a lot on their strikers wood and barnes to get the majority of their goals and to win their matches mm-hmm. i just feel if they get a dry patch with one of them two that they'll be in serious trouble and then on top of that Sean Dice is in the last year of his contract and is not looking to re-sign at the end of it. So I think behind the scenes, it's not exactly um, fantastic. It's not not going as smooth as everyone thinks it is. And one of my friends, he's a Burnley fan, goes down every every for every match, and even he's resigned to them getting relegated. So I am going to put him at a surprise bottom. Um, I've heard a few people say similar, but a lot of people think they're actually going to do quite well this season. I did also put Norwich in 19th. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Burnley and Norwich, they will be both quite far away from the pack. And then in terms of 18th and moving up into 17th, 16th, 15th, I think they will be very close. I think, like you said, I think I I looked at it earlier and I've changed it two or three times because I just... I struggled to pick it, but 
the team I've actually settled with is actually Newcastle. For similar reasons, they're not spending a lot of money at the moment. Obviously, they bought Joe Willock from last season, but apart from that, they've not really improved. Um, Mike Ashley is a continual problem within the club, and they're not, they've not started well, and it just doesn't... The, I think the reason they got out of it last year was because Joe Willock hit a purple patch. My worry is I don't think that will happen this season. I think other teams like Brighton, other teams like Southampton, who were around mm-hmm. the area last time, have improved. Uh, I just think Newcastle, again, with the problems, they, the fans are not happy with Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce ain't happy really with being there. and It's, it's just his job has become untenable. I feel un- it, dep- it will depend on if they make a change early whether they'll be able to save it, but I, I do predict they'll go down in 18th, but it will be very close. Honestly, I, I do think... Uh, you, you're talking about Newcastle, right? Yeah. Yeah, you could say they were lucky last season, but this isn't... I, I'll be honest with you, they'll do enough to survive. I don't think they will go down. Uh, rather, if it gets dangerous for them, I could see uh, Mike actually making some changes on time to save the club from getting relegated. And, I mean, that brings to mind, why is he refusing to sell the club if he's in willing to spend money, you know, to keep the club afloat and, and, and help them do it? Because that's, that's a, it's, it's a club with a rich history. But, like, I, my point is that I don't see them going down. I think they will do enough to stay up. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be very close between that 18th place and a couple of places above. I just think, I think with the the whole Mike Ashley selling part of it, I think it's just, obviously they had the um, Middle East owners come in from Saudi Arabia, but, um, and that deal was fairly close, but obviously with the whole Premier League and the human rights aspect of it, I think that was much deterred and that stalled the deal. Um which means now they've pulled out. And I think the other offers that have come in, I, I just don't, I think the problem is Mike Ashley, he wants a lot of money to sell it. So, because um, he's making money from it and he's taking a lot of uh, the club's profit out of it for his own pocket, I think it would take a high fee. If I could come in there, if I could come in there, there's something he doesn't understand. Poor performances doesn't help the value of the club either. So he'd have to spend the money to, to get a sizable fee from the sale of the club. If the club keep performing poorly, the value will be going down. So he won't get another money from the club by not spending to get the club to start performing and then be at least close to the top four or even in the top four to get a sizable fee from, from the sale of the club. So right now, he's not helping himself. If he's business-focused, he should know, or let me say profit-focused, he should know that you have to spend money to get money. He'd have to put in some money in the club to get them to start performing, get the recognition, get where at the level that we've all known, that Newcastle, we knew Newcastle, uh, that is where all Newcastle can be during the era of uh, uh, Alan Shearer and uh, was the coach again, that led them to, they nearly won the league then, uh, you know, something like that. So you can't just, I mean, it's, you can, you can't not spend money and expect to get some profit back. No, it doesn't, it, it, business doesn't even happen like that if, he's, if that's the way he's, sorry, 
to cut you up. I just wanted to make that point there. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think it's just the problem. That's the problem with football at the moment. There are a couple of owners in the Premier League that just they don't understand how to run a football club and how a football club works. So they they are just assuming business wise that they can. He, he wants to t- he wants to put minimal finances into it, make the club sufficient as uh, multiple clubs. Uh, tend to say um, take the money out he can and then hopefully I mean I think where I think he comes from where he thinks he'll be able to get a lot of money is obviously St James's Park it's a big stadium Uh, Mm -hmm. the Newcastle support is quite a big support so naturally it's one of them clubs where you can make a lot of money but I think the problem is it's in the North East that does is not in terms of players, it's always a problem with players because they don't find that as appealing as the likes of London or even the likes of Manchester. So I, I, I think it's a problem that's it's going to revolve around for years, and it's going to Mike Ashley is going to be have to be less stubborn, otherwise it's not it's not going to solve itself, and maybe it will take a relegation for them to for Mike Ashley to finally go right and I, I need to sort this out, but. You never know. I mean, it's one of them things. Um, yeah. Moving on to the next places, we'll go for we'll we'll go and have a look for the next four places. So seventeenth, sixteenth, fifteenth, and fourteenth. Hmm. Um, Kachilla, what have you got for the possible relegation candidates? But the people will just make it. So we're looking at uh, position uh, seventeen, sixteen, and fifteen, right? And fourteenth. And fourteen. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I see leads in that area. Uh, they play. You could say they play very expansive football, but when you play against leads, you have lots of space to exploit. That is, if you have a good manager. And that was why they made Manchester United look so good in that opening game. But if you understand football very well, you'd know at that point that that it isn't really that Manchester United was that good. It was just that they had so much space to exploit. And they they did that quite well. So I see Leeds in that portion of the table. I'm not sure the exact number. So probably, let me see, let me just say 14 for them. And uh, in the 15th position, yeah, Brentford. Uh, Brentford in the fourth, uh, uh, 15th position. Yeah, I don't think they have the personnel to be in the in the let me say in the in the ninth or eighth or even eleventh position. And for sixteenth, I think Burnley State Burnley State in the sixteenth position and in the seventeenth position for me Newcastle around that area too because uh, they will struggle. Except if they make changes in January and bring in some uh, players that will help them uh, move up a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, you just cut out there. Could you repeat 16th and 17th again? I said 16th, Burnley stays there. Uh, 
volume starts 16th and I on on 17th because remember I told you Newcastle they would do enough to survive but they'd have to make changes in general uh, I think they would stay in 17th yeah uh, uh, that's actually quite similar to how I had it I mean like again I have a few positions that are a little bit different but yeah I mean I can I fully understand your points there um with them positions for me obviously i put newcastle in 18th so i i cannot put them there obviously so in 17th i had watford um i again i think they're one of them teams i don't think they've improved as much as i would have liked and i think in other premier league seasons they possibly would have gone down and would have been my relegation candidates but i think there there is just about enough and there's just about there's just about it's more of not that they're better um they deserve to stay up so i just think there's three worse teams than them in the division um Mm -hmm. followed 16th would be again brentford i think they're they're a very small club obviously they've just had their new stadium built it's their first time in the premier league um but i think They'll have that, that that kind of Premier League bounce when they're first in the Premier League. Sometimes you just you have that little bit of a bounce that just keeps you up. And I think they will just about, again, just about do enough to stay up and they'll be in 16th. Um, in 15th, I've gone with actually Brighton. Um, I think Brighton have made a fair, good, a fair few good sign-ins. Um, and I do think Graham Potter is a very good manager and they've got a very good philosophy. But again, similar to how in the aspects of Leeds and Norwich, I think they do, they are just a bit susceptible um, just to losing matches that maybe they shouldn't. Um, and it will be a little bit of an improvement compared to last season. Um, obviously, losing Ben White in the defence, that might not help them a little bit. And I just feel that it's typical with Brighton in the middle of the season, they'll just drop a little bit and then they'll pick up towards the end of the season. In 14th place, I've actually gone with Wolves again. I think, obviously, Nuno's left. And for me, this position really depends on how Raul Jimenez does coming back from his uh, fractured skull. I, I, I don't think he's actually going to have as big an impact as what people will think. I think he is going to take time to get back into the game uh compete with the game physically and just confidence um and obviously being out for the long period of time that he did i also mm-hmm. think the new manager i think they've played quite well but i think there is a t- kind of still a transition season to go from the tactics of nuno to what this new manager is uh trying to do i've listened to a few of his press conferences actually and he's mentioned that they're at the moment trying to play similar to how nuno was and then trying to transition into more of a back four. And that's where I see when they try and do that, I feel they're going to just start losing some points, not pick up some good results. And that, again, will keep them in the similar position that they were last last year. Not that that is a detriment to them. I think they it will be on a transition for them to start building up again. But sometimes, sometimes you've got to just have these cycles of transition, especially as these mid-table clubs. So I think Wolves will take a 14th um, because, again, they haven't strengthened 
as well as I would have wanted if I was a Wolves fan. But I think they've got, again, enough to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, I, I think Wolf will do enough, definitely. Uh, again, change of manager isn't easy, but it, it's a smart idea for the current manager to say they will try to play the way Nuno uh, had them playing before he left the club. Because if you make a drastic change to a team like Wolves, uh, you you asking for trouble. And uh, I think they will do enough to stay up, like you mentioned. Yeah, I agree with you. Perfect. Now... We'll move into the rest of the mid, the rest of the bottom ten. So it'll be thirteenth, twelfth, and eleventh. Um, Coachilla, who who would you have for them places? Hmm, thirteenth, twelfth, and eleventh. Those are difficult positions. Where did I put Brentford already? Uh, fifteenth. At fifteenth. Okay, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a good place for them. Ah. Uh... I would think um, Leicester will be up, up, uh, close to the six or seven. Wow, it's a difficult one. This, this is again a place where I, I changed it quite a few times because I, I got to the end of it and I was like, I'm missing a team, and then I realised I, I, I missed out a big team that would be able in and around <laughs> that one. I think uh, Villa will occupy the thirteenth position. They will struggle this season. Um, and uh, yeah, twelfth position. Oh, that's a tight one. So I had uh, what what position did I give Leeds? Fourteen. Okay, Villa for thirteenth. Twelfth, I'd say. Yeah, thirteenth for Aston Villa. Who do I put in the twelfth place? Um. Jump packs there. I think Arsenal will finish twelfth. Yes, Arsenal. Oh, let me say no. Let me say Wolves. Wolves will finish twelfth, and then Arsenal will finish eleventh. Um, yeah. That, that, I think that's my list in that area. 13th for, 13th for Villa. Wolves for 12th. Arsenal for 11th. That's my list for that area, Matt. In, in terms of 11th, um, Arsenal, I think they're, they're going to struggle um, with just the general season, obviously, as they have already. I don't think they're actually going to sack Arteta as quickly as everyone thinks. And I also don't think they're going to get the the type of manager that um, everyone is talking about, the Contes of the world, the Ten Hags. My prediction is because Edu's talked about this young team that they want to build, I actually think they're going to promote Per Mertesacker from the academy because he's had a very good... He's done very well with the young players that Arteta has brought through since the first team, like Smith Rowe, Saka, etc. And... I think Mertesacker will be that yes man that the Cronkies will um, want in the role so they can continue running Arsenal like they want to run Arsenal. Um, it, it, I don't think it will be a good move for them, but again, I think they will do enough to not obviously be in re- relegation like people are joking about now. 
but as I said, 11th, I think that'll be where I pick Arsenal. Um, in terms of 12th place for me, I pick Southampton. Uh, I think they've made some good signings, but not well enough for me to get them to change to any particular position and climb into the top 10. Um, so I think they'll stay where they are. And I put Leeds in 13th. Uh, like you said, I think is going to struggle with um, his style of play. Um, and I think they're going to drop compared to last season. Um, they Again, they will do enough to stay in relative mid-table, but it's going to be a bit of a struggle for them. What do you think? Yeah, I think, yeah, I've touched on that before. Biesa, he had, he, they play very expansive football, but it's a risk that everybody have started them. And Manchester United, the game against Manchester United is, is um, a prime example. Ole was prepared to exploit the space that uh, Leeds leaves behind everywhere on the pitch. They, they were practically everywhere. They couldn't get themselves together to, you know, uh, uh, press Manchester United, it became a risk that Ole exploited very well. So what my point is, yeah, I, I think they will struggle a lot this season because a lot of teams will, will must have learned how they play, must have learned that there are spaces to exploit when you play against Leeds United. And uh, their coach, what's his name again, it, it doesn't look like somebody... He doesn't compromise the way he wants to play. He doesn't even listen. It's it to him. It's that or nothing. There's no plan B for Leeds United. So that's going to be a problem for them. And if if after this season actually they don't do something about it, next season it becomes. I mean, you, they could find themselves in, in in a relegation battle. Yeah, I mean, I think. With this Leeds team, I think they very much depend on Calvin Phillips. I think you saw it against Manchester United because obviously he was not back from, uh, obviously coming back from the Euros quite late with England. You just see they struggle really in that midfield when they haven't got Calvin Phillips there. Whereas when he does come back, he has, he gains a bit more of a presence in that midfield and a bit more control. So I think it mass, it massively depends on. The fitness of Calvin Phillips. If they, if Calvin Phillips does tend to get injured at all, I think that's when Leeds could really find themselves struggling, um, particularly next season. I think if Calvin Phillips has a good season, I can definitely see some suitors coming in for him, even someone like Chelsea. I mean, we ain't linked to him at the moment, but he would be a perfect candidate for someone to go in to go in the midfield for Chelsea potentially. So, and there's plenty of other big teams that need midfielders at the moment so if he leaves Leeds I, I feel that could be very detrimental to them Yeah I agree with you because uh, yeah, he's the reason why uh, teams found it difficult to exploit those spaces last season but like you said like you mentioned against Manchester United when he wasn't on the pitch it was clear how important he is to, to that uh, the Leeds uh, team yeah, definitely. What do you think of the art? Do you who do you think will come in? Do you think Arsenal, uh, Arsene Wenger, uh, not Arsene Wenger, Mikel Arteta will get sacked, and who do you think will come in to replace him? Um, I think they'd go for Conte. That's what I'm thinking, and that's the rumors are out there already. Um, and the reason being, they want a quick result. They want the problem. They want the issue. That is. They want to start seeing results immediately, and I think Conte is pragmatic enough to get them results as soon as he starts 
as soon as he's um, put pen to paper and become Arsenal's Arsenal manager. So they don't want. They, they, I don't think if they if they have a good board, if they have a good, uh, if Edu knows what he's doing, let me just put it that way. He'd go for a manager that will come in and aim for results immediately. Style of play at this point, identity at this point doesn't matter. They need to get back on track as soon as possible. Because even if, uh, yeah, I, I, you, I, you and I will both agree that they're not going to get relegated. That's the truth. But the more they waste time and trying, uh, considering whether to give Ateta more time or not, the more it becomes difficult for them to get into a European place. And that's costly for them. And you'd argue if they say they are a profit-focused uh, uh, club, Losing and losing isn't good for business. So you should be winning games also, like we've established, like I've said before, to also earn profits to to find so for sponsors to come for you and say, okay, we need to sponsor you, your shirt or something like that. So uh, I think they'd go for somebody that start getting them results immediately, and and Conte is will be the right guy to do that for them. Yeah, I mean, for me, I just think. I, I mean, there are reports already that apparently Conte has uh, not has said that the, or his representatives have said that they're, they're in no contact with Arsenal at the moment. I just, I just don't see Conte looking at the Arsenal job. I mean, he rejected. He's already um, pulled out of talks with Tottenham because they didn't give him the uh, process, the money that he wanted, um, and the, uh, the the idea. So I don't feel Arsenal would be able to provide that for him. And as I said, I think with the especially with the way Edu was talking in his press conference uh, two days ago, how he he wants to he wants this young team, he wants to build this young team. I just have a feeling that the typical Arsenal thing, because unfortunately Arsenal they don't have a good board. I think good board members would choose Conte, but I. I just have a feeling Edu will choose Per Mertesacker. I think that's my funny prediction that I think they're going to do. Uh, and I think it will work in the short term because the young players are have played under him before and he has done well at the club, but it'll be a typical Arsenal thing. And then in a couple of years, they'll be changing their manager again because they, they're, the Arsenal board are using these whole process, trust the process, um, all these PR words to try and sway the fans and I think that's what will happen because I, I just don't think Arsenal have that pull anymore and that's why they've gone for the younger players uh, uh, such as Sambi Lukonga and Tavares and Ben White because they can't attract them top players anymore um, but, but uh, even at that Matt if I can come in there they've spent quite a lot of money it just doesn't seem as if that that is they're not spending wisely. They're not spending to solve the problem that the team has. That's the issue for me. It just seems as if they're spending money for the sake of it, because they spend quite a lot of money. If you look at it, if we have to be honest with ourselves, they spend quite a lot. They've spent a lot. So any complaint that he's not been given enough money to spend just doesn't make sense. Because uh, some signings, when you look at them, you ask yourself. And so why, why have us an assigned this player or the other player? None of them fits the profile of player that will help them solve the problem that they have at this point. That, that's my argument. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, but I, I mean, I, I was talking to one of my mates and he 
kind of delved into he's very on uh, point with looking at how what the Arsenal board kind of say and how they've operated over the last few years and I think what he was saying is if you look at the finances they've the last couple of windows they've kind of insinuated that and the way they spoke about this window is they kind of insinuated that they've saved up money from other windows so they would have this big window that you again they would say oh we've spent 150 million we're gonna be spending a lot of money and then I think they're gonna go again quiet and that's why I think they've got these young players because they can develop long term and that means they don't have to spend money in these positions I I do think I do agree with you they they do spend the money wrong I think with Conte as well it's not just about the money it's he wants the board the right board members in place I just don't think I don't think he looks at Edu and goes yeah, he do, I don't think he'd be able to work with him well enough because I, I think, as as people have quite rightly said, he's not experienced. He's not really done the job at all, and he's and as you said, he's proved he's not spending the money right. So I don't think he would be able to get the targets Conte would really want into the club. So that's why I just feel Conte is pro- is probably not not going to sign for Arsenal. But we'll wait and see because I think that'll be a uh, drama that will ha- uh, spew in the next weeks and months so we'll wait and see how, what happens with that so we'll continue with going into the top 10 now so we've got 10th 9th and 8th just before we get into the European positions who are the teams that are going to get in the top 10 but miss out of Europe wow that's that's a difficult one What is, can you run me over my list who do I have in the seventeenth position, seventeenth uh, was Newcastle. Uh, I didn't actually get who was sixteenth, so I'll quick. I'll go back and write that down Four. later. So you had. Okay. Um, go ahead. You have currently Palace at bottom. You have Norwich nineteenth, Brighton eighteenth, Newcastle seventeenth, Brentford fifteenth, Leeds fourteenth, Aston Villa thirteenth, Wolves twelfth, Arsenal eleventh. Aston Villa 13, you said? Yeah. Okay, let me get my list clear here. Uh, who, who do I have on the 12th position? Wolves. Wolves, and 11 is uh, who? Uh, Arsenal. Okay, for 16th, you you're not sure who I have there. Yeah, I, I I didn't write it down as I was sorting out the mic issue, so but I can uh, I can look back at that later on. Yeah, at the bottom I have Norwich. I think it, I think it might have been Watford in sixteenth actually. Yeah, I think I yeah, remember Crystal you saying Palace, Watford. Brighton and Norwich. Okay, at the bottom. So Watford Okay, then here I have Crystal Palace. Um, okay, now we're talking about position 10, 9, and 8, right? Yep. Wow. It's easy to miss out the team. Um, 
Yeah, I think I'm going to move Arsenal to 10th. And I'm going to move Southampton to 11th. Okay. Um, Arsenal also pick, they will still pick up pace, and hopefully they do that very earlier. And on, on the ninth position, wow. Who, who don't I have here now? So I think you've got the likes of Everton, West Ham, Leicester, Tottenham. Yeah, um, I already placed those guys somewhere. So I'm missing two teams for eight and ninth position. I have Leeds at 14th place, 15th Brentford, 16th Watford, 17th Newcastle, 18th Crystal Palace, 19th Brighton, Norwich 20th. I'm missing two teams here. Other teams I have them already placed. The the two teams I'm okay. Burnley, yeah. Hmm. Wow, that's a difficult one. Yeah, it, it, Premier League predictions are always so tough to do. And you always... yeah, Burnley cannot be ninth. Um, so I will go. Villa cannot be 13. I think Villa would do better than 13. So I'll put Burnley in 13. I think they will pick up pace again. And uh, Villa will struggle too. But I'll put, I'll still give us another benefit of the doubt here. They will pick up pace. So I'll put Arsenal on ninth. So I'm still missing one team. Uh, Arsenal on the ninth position. Hmm. Positions where I did some research was just one to seventh. But who is going to take the sixth position? Who's left there? You still, got, you still got Everton. You've still got Tottenham, Leicester, Liverpool, City, Chelsea, United. Yeah, those guys are already in some positions for me. The eighth position, I think I'm missing someone. West Ham. Right. Go ahead. You got West Ham? Exactly. Thank you. I think West Ham will finish eight, and that's the perfect position for them. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I also have West Ham in eighteen, uh, an eighth. Um, I think they'll they'll do they'll do still well still do well this season um, and they've made some good uh, signings like Zuma but again I think they'll just miss out on that Europe spot um, I have Everton finishing ninth. I think Rafa Benitez I actually think he's a good manager and I think he'll he'll supply he'll, he'll give some stability to Everton I think they'll just about climb into that top 10 but I just don't think they've got enough to push any higher and in 10th place, mm. I've actually gone for Crystal Palace. I think uh, the signings, they've, I think they've had a big change. And I think that's understand, it's understandable why they're struggling now because they've had a lot of players move out of contract. They've brought in a lot of players to make a new team. But I think the signings they've made, obviously in Gouet, in uh, Gallagher, who's playing really well at the moment, and the one they made on deadline day, Osun Awad, 
I think he's gonna. I think he's a type of striker. I think he's gonna do quite well in the Premier League. He very much suits the Premier League, and I think that's something Palace have really missed out on up front. They've not really had a striker for a long time now. They've always relied on Zahar playing either as a striker or on the wing to get them goals. And now they've got Edouard, and now they've got obviously Zahar. I mean Eze, he's out till towards the end of the year but when he comes back I think Crystal Palace will have a good team whether Vieira can get the right style is is dependent on where they will finish at the end but I think it will just all click from at some point and I think Palace will do really well and actually get 10th place for me that's going to be one of my surprise ones that I think people will put them a lot lower um, Tenth. 10th yeah I, is, is the one that I'm pretty predicting as a surprise so i think it's going to be the sticky one so that could either go really well for me or it's going to go really uh terrible so we'll yeah, i'm glad, glad, glad you know that can happen <laughs> i mean we'll we'll wait to the, we'll see at the end of the year uh how, where they finish but I, I i just have a funny feeling that they're going to do something good this season no, I'm the opposite. Uh, the the changes that in approach, trying to keep the ball, they don't have the personnel that, that are capable of doing that for them. So I think they're going to struggle, except if they change Vieira. If they don't, it will cause, it will land them in the relegation zone. And I'm sorry to say that I like the team. I like to watch them play good football, but still it's a risk because they don't have strong enough team uh, to implement that style style of play, stay up or even make it to the middle of the table or top four. But now I don't see if they continue. No, they've been up there because uh, Roy Hudson has been very uh, pragmatic in his approach. Uh, you can say they're not really when they see opponents that they had their match, they play good football. When they play against the big teams. They, they're very pragmatic in their approach. They sit back and trying to get you on a break. And they did that against, they don't did that occasion, on occasions against Chelsea. But if you watch Vieira's team against Chelsea, they tried to also play. And, but they don't have the personnel to implement that style of play. And it could have been worse for them had it not been just the start of the season and Chelsea, is just, Chelsea are just picking up pace. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. I just think it, it's one of them ones where it, it either does not work or it does work. I remember back a couple of years ago, they got Crystal Palace brought in Frank de Boer, and they lost, I think, their first five games, and then they sacked him, and then I think that's when they brought Roy Hodgson in, and I think. I, I do think Crystal Palace have kind of learned from their mistakes and I think they have tried to change the team around to try and fit Vieira's style more. I do understand what you mean a little bit with the midfield, um, but I do think Gallagher, I think Gallagher's going to really have a good season. This is where I kind of fit the point where I think they're going to do just okay. Uh, I do think they need to improve in the midfield uh, over time. Uh, next season if they want to progress any further or if they want to keep where they are um, but I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my foot and set I'm gonna keep them 10th because I think that's that's where I think they're gonna finish uh, I think it's gonna be a surprising one and hopefully it, it back in we'll be in June and we'll be talking about this and I'll be celebrating the fact that Palace got 10th and we'll see 
We'll see. We'll see. I mean, now we're moving on to a bit more of the business end of the season, a business part of the season. We've got the Europa League spaces. So we've got seventh, sixth, and fifth. Um, Kachilla, who who have you got in those places? For me, I'd say seventh position. Um, seventh position will be um, uh, Spurs, uh, Tottenham, and, and the reason, yeah, the reason being new. No, I don't think uh, Scores has the personnel that is that are acquainted with the way he likes to play. He's still, uh, um, even though I, I, I wouldn't say he's a bad manager, but I think there are some aspects of his approach to matches that he needs to change. I think no matter how good of a team he has, he doesn't, you could say, he's not a, the one to play an attacking football you'd ask me sometimes it just seems he just plays a defensive football in disguise they set up in a way the main purpose is just to defense and hit you on a break um i think um i, I don't know why most my that's managers they often managers that uh tottenham often underrate lamela and i don't know why they let him go i think they've underused him grossly and um yeah, I think sports will struggle under under Nuno. I think they will end up in the seventh place. I don't know how else to talk about it for me to pass my point and why both managers, the manager and the team, aren't a great match at all. Nuno, I, I think he isn't built for a, a club like um, he isn't. I don't think. How else do I phrase it? I, I, let me just say he isn't ready for a club like uh, a Tottenham. I, I, I don't see them making it into top four. Not even top six. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a. I mean I I've got similar. Um, what do you have for sixth and fifth? Do you say fifth or six? Six, six for me is Leicester City. There was the struggle. They didn't make signings in the area. I'd, I'd hope they they do. And um, I don't know why uh, uh Brendan Rogers after the form of um. Yeah, towards the end of last season. He doesn't seem to fancy him again this season. He he developed a great relationship with um uh Jamie Vardy, but all of a sudden he's gone back to the bench for for some reason I don't know. And I think they, they I've watched uh their games in the start of the season, I think they will struggle. Yeah. Even though they've lost um They've lost just a game, but still what I'm seeing, I don't think, I think they'll struggle this season. Yeah, and who do you have in fifth place? In the fifth place, I think it's Everton. Um, they have good enough squad, not perfect. Uh, they have good enough squad for Rafa Benitez to take him to the, uh, to fifth place, his experience. And... Uh, I don't like watching his teams play. They don't play the best of football, but tactically, he knows how to uh, approach games depending on the teams he, the team he's playing against, and he can get result even with the with with the that is with the least strongest eleven in the in, in the league. He's he's that good in terms of um. In terms of tactics, I think I believe he'll take them up to fifth. And right now, they have good enough squad to be in that in that portion of the table fair enough i mean i i i was i was surprised because i was like he hasn't said everton yet and then you you put him fifth i mean that 
I do kind of understand where you're going from. I think Rafa Benitez, I, I do agree. I think he's a good manager. I, in a way, I think they have the squad, but I think there are just certain problems in the Everton team that I'm just not too sure about. So, I, ha- I mean, I put them uh, ninth. So, I think that upper half of the table, so from fifth to ninth, is going to be very close um, in itself. So, I think there isn't much in between these teams for me. Um, so, in a way, I can, quite, again, I can kind of understand you putting them fifth. And again, if I can come in there, you, I, there's something I, I did... Um take into consideration why placing my uh, teams on the table is it January is still coming. So, and I believe, yeah, and, and uh, Rafa will make, take his time, do a research and find players that will help him stay there. That is, and uh, uh, achieve at least a top sixth position on the table. I think he's not managers. I've never known him to rush uh, into signings. Whenever that happens, it's usually uh, orchestrated by the club or something like that. I think he'd make some good signings in January, one or two, and they will be fine. Yes, they have issues in the team. But remember, this is a team that uh, Ancelotti, he, he, they did good last season. They, were, they weren't that bad. And they haven't lost. Did they lose any players? Did they lose any of the big names this season? No, not really. I don't think they lost anyone. I'll have to double check, but... Exactly. If if they did, let's say if they lost somebody like they still have uh, James Rodriguez, right? They still yeah. have uh, what's this Brazilian too. So they they have good enough team to end up in 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 the in the fifth position on the table, and I think Rafa is good enough to lead them to that position. Yeah, I mean, I can I can understand what you're saying. I mean, I I have gotten very close um, in that, so I, I can definitely understand what you're saying in that aspect I mean for me I have in seventh place I have Aston Villa I, I do think they're actually going to have a good season I think I've really liked the sign-ins that they've brought in uh, I really like Emi Buendia I've always thought he was wasted at Norwich and I think even under that Norwich team where they were pretty dire last time they were in the Premier League but he was doing very statistically well he was always creating lots of chances and I think Danny Ings scores. He scored a lot of goals for Southampton, and I think he's he's again someone who can get them quite a few goals as well with Ollie Watkins. Um, so I actually think I remember watching the Aston Villa chief executive uh, when Jack Grealish signed for Man City. He kind of went through the reasoning of how they've approached this, and I think they've done a lot of research on what Jack Grealish brings to the team and how not just with one player, but with a couple of players that they can take all the qualities of Grealish and still keep them in the team. And I think they've, they've done some quite good business. And I think they are going to take some time. Like now they're not, they're not doing fant- as, as well as we all hope, but sometimes when you bring a few, quite a few signings in, it does take a little bit of time. And I think all, a lot of Premier League teams are going to drop points. So I think, they are going to just make it into that seventh place. And I think it will be something where the second half of the season, they play really well. So I'm kind of glad that we are getting that game out of the way on Saturday. So hopefully we can get a result and then not catch them towards the end of the season when they're playing well. Um, In sixth place, I have Tottenham. I I do agree. I think Nuno, he was a good manager at Wolves, but I just don't think he, I know Tottenham have had a, good start to the season but I just don't think Tottenham have enough and 
this whole saga with Tottenham all depends on how Harry Kane's mindset is. I don't think Harry Kane's mindset is going to be completely there. And I think while we still do okay um, for Tottenham, I, I don't think they're going to have enough to get anywhere near the top four. And I think they'll just consolidate with that sixth place um, and probably celebrate the fact that they're above Arsenal. So North London will be white, apparently. Um, but there you go. I mean, for me, I have got Leicester in fifth. I do think they've made a couple of good signings. But like you said, I think it really depends on how Vardy plays a season I think if Vardy struggles then maybe they start dropping down and maybe I'll get it wrong but I do think Vardy will get into this girl but get back into the team I think obviously they've made the new sign-ins and I think they'll just Brendan Rodgers needs to try and find a way of how to keep Vardy in the team and keep keep these new signings happy and get a system that can really uh, try and improve Leicester as a team I do rate the defensive midfielder they play, they pick, they bought Samara. Yeah. Uh, so I think he will do good. It just depends on how these sign-ins can adapt. So that is the only question mark for Leicester. But I do think they'll finish fifth. But that unlike last year, I think they'll be quite far off the top four. I think the top four will be kind of running away of it this year. There's not going to be too much of a big close battle between fourth and fifth at the moment. I think it's going to be. Uh, the top four teams kind of running the way of it and then the rest battling out for Europa League's got spots quite close. Um, so now we do go into the business part of the season. Yeah. Who are we going to put top? Who are we going to put runners up? And who are we going to consolidate with third or fourth? Coachilla, if you want to go from fourth to third, to second and to first and just play it out for the viewers just so they 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 can feel the suspense <laughs> did you say from fourth fourth to fourth to first so okay uh, and uh, on um on the fourth uh place i have manchester united i know they've signed ronaldo uh, they still have cavani they have a lethal attack but the problem is ronaldo isn't really what they needed they they, they should have gone for the and so a definite defensive midfielder to have a proper protection for their defense. Some will argue, oh, they have Varane, they have Lindorov, they have Maguire. No, those are, that is, the, you could argue they're in the category of one of some of the best ball playing defenders in the world. But as so, when you talk about defensive solidity, they don't have that. Look at, if you look at, if you look at Chelsea, for instance, we have a mix of all types of defenders. We have the calmness and of, of uh, Thiago Silva and uh, Andreas Christensen, and, and 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 then the ability on the ball is uh, exceptional. And then you have um, aggression and that greed and never die spirit in Rudiger. So those skills complement each other to make a very solid defense. We can play, we're good on the ball, but we can fight if you want to fight. So they don't have that at Manchester United. And some will argue how good Varane is, but the truth is Maguire isn't Ramos. Ramos is the guy that brought out the best out of, um, what's his name again? Uh, 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 the French guy, the French new Manchester United signing. Varane. Varane, exactly. So Maguire isn't Ramos that brought out the best out of 
Varane. Varane is good. He's good. He can be good on the air. But if, if you paid attention to their game against Wolves, they were exposed on occasions. Wolves could have been at least two goals up before Manchester United got a chance to score that single goal that they that, that, that scored the goal they, they did score in that game. So they don't have good protection. Fred is in it. I, I don't think he's good enough or a defensive midfielder to protect them very well. And, and it is just him and Mat- Matic who isn't getting any younger. And if either of them gets injured, then they will be very, very thin in that department. So that's my argument. Would they score many goals? Yes, they will score plenty of goals, but they will concede quite a lot. If, if they play against managers that are able to read the game and understand that they don't, they don't have good um, protection, uh, defensive protection in the midfield, that is in the form of a defensive midfielder, they will be exploited. And, and it's going to be crazy to, that is, it will be goals galore whenever they play. Yeah, I, I I I do agree with that. Who have you got in third place? In third place, just uh, for some reason, I don't see uh, Liverpool. I think they should have made they should have uh, gone into the market and made some signings in the attacking area. Then they, they need to mix it up a little bit. Uh, I know they have somebody who was the guy they loaned to some Taunton that's called the loan goal against us when they beat us. Um, but he's not really. Yeah, so they don't have a, a defined striker. They don't have, you could say, you could argue they don't have an out-and-out striker, and that's an issue for me because uh, if you look at last season, Premier League teams, even the bottom table teams and mid-table teams, they've, they've started, they've, that they've learned how to play teams that play without a defined number nine. Uh, number nine. So I think that's going to be an issue for them, and, and that's why I put them in the in the third place. They will still play well. They will still win games. Uh, but I don't think they will do enough to get in the second or even the first place. Because, again, if you if you recall our game against them, they were you could argue that they were toothless. They were toothless in that game. And had it not been for the red card, I think we could have scored more goals. Yes, they, they, they themselves could have scored a goal. But I think we would have won that game by around three goals to one, or at least two goals to one. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I mean, that's perfect to sum up the Chelsea-Liverpool game. That's exactly what I, I had in mind. So, you've got two teams left. You've got Manchester City and you have yours truly, Chelsea. Coachella, who have you yeah. got second and first? Uh, the second place I have, Manchester City. Uh, given, um, I think you, you could say... Pep is when found out and Tuchel made it worse for him because managers do, do pay attention to games. And good managers do, uh, do go and look at games and see, okay, how did this team beat this team, uh, uh, beat the other team? And, and there, there, there's always something to learn from a game if you're a good manager. So my argument being um, Manchester City, they're still lacking in the defensive midfield area due to Pep's uh, stubborn, stubbornness to always field only attacking players in some games. And I do believe managers have learned his weaknesses and, and, and you could argue is there even for the fans who are able to rectify, to look at Man City and say, oh, this, 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 uh, this, uh, this, this uh, team, particular team's weaknesses. And in, in, in the case of Man City, it hasn't changed. It's still the same style of play. 
although there are some tweaks up front by that uh, Guardiola does in some games, and in some cases he starts a definite defensive midfielder, but he's refused he's refused to do so in so many games right now, and it's hurting them, and it doesn't look like he's looking to change it, even if even in cases where. He, he has a defensive midfielder on the pitch. They don't play in that traditional way. They always look to attack, attack, and not pay so much attention to the defensive aspect of the game. The only person that when he's on the pitch, they play better is Fernandinho. Uh, he's masters that the act of being a defensive midfielder, that whenever he's on the pitch, you can say they're protected defensively. And again, they've lost Sergio Aguero, and they were always play a force nine. Tell me, did they bring in any out-and-out out, uh, striker this, uh, in, in the window? Nope. I mean, they, I mean, it's the fact that their only striker they've got is Jesus and they can't even put him on the starting lineup. Exactly. And you could argue that even if he was an, an out and if, even if you argue that uh, Jesus was an out-and-out out striker before Manchester to sign him, he's not that at this point. His style of players due to him adapting the way uh, Pep who micromanages player, players the way they want him to play. I think the only difference maker there will be Grealish will be big for them but I don't think he would do enough uh, for them to win the Premier League this season. They will struggle against teams that defend deep. Yeah, I agree. So you have Chelsea as Premier League champions. Why do you think Chelsea will be Premier League champions? Uh, the reason being, it's obvious. Uh, Chelsea, um, they they spent wisely in the window. We had issues putting away chances. We created a lot of chances since the arrival of Tuchel. But the problem was that we didn't put away the chances we created. So now Chelsea went into the market and they bought a recognized striker, one of the best in the world, if you like. You can put it that way. You'd be correct if you put it that way because numbers don't lie. And then again, we had issues in the midfield area. Kante struggled with injuries, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't look as if that was going to stop. And and as the season started, also he's had injuries on two occasions, also. So I think that becomes it became important. It became clear that we needed a player that maybe you could say not really in the mode of Kante, but a player that's capable of fulfilling the counter role very well for, for us and help protect the defense because the truth is, even though some people argue we play a defensive style, no, it's not defensive. For 3-5-2, the with, with the three at the back, we have more players bumping forward, the right wing back and the left wing back. So it's more, more of an attacking actually formation than it is a defensive formation. So we need a player that reads the game very well just as Kante does that when Reese James bumps forward and there's a space on the right-hand side, if we lose the ball in the opponent's area, Kante drifts to the right to cover that space or to the left to cover the space that Chile or Marcos Alonso leaves. So we realized the importance of getting, it, uh, uh, you could say, a CM or DM, if you like, however way you want to put it, but somebody who is defensively sound. And I think Saúl Niguez will fulfill the Kante role very well. It depends on how ma the manager deploys him, although he's capable of playing as a CM and be more attacking-minded. But I think it's a good sign. It's a good thing that we brought in Sawin Nuguez because Kante is looking like he's more injury-prone uh, at this point. And then, again, in the goalkeeping department, I wouldn't 
I say Bertinelli is the best signing, uh, but at least it provides cover uh, because uh, Mendy will most definitely leave for Akon come January. And then we have, um, uh, what's his name? Kepa will now move into the first position and become the number one keeper until the return of um, Mendy. And if it does well, he could stay there till the end of the season. You never know. So it's, it's good that we have Bertinelli who's, I mean, who's experienced, uh, at least. I, I know you have your argument that he, did do, he didn't do well in the championship, so what is he going to do for Chelsea? But his experience will, uh, does matter for me. So I think Chelsea, they did quite well in the market, uh, rectifying areas where we need reinforcement, and they did that just well. And I think, yeah, that's um, we, we, we're good enough. We're, we'll, we'll, we have deep enough squad to also rotate the team and whoever comes in, you know, would do a good job. So that's why I think we'll, we'll, we'll end up winning the league. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 and for Chelsea, I mean, you've hit the nail on the on the head. You've, you've, it's perfect. I mean, that that kind of gives away my prediction. I also predicted Chelsea would finish top of the table. I have gone with Liverpool in fourth. I, I just think. They haven't really improved at all on their team from last season. They bought Canati in because they got loads of injuries and realised there's not much space at the back. But even then, it made me laugh. They they had Canate agreed before we before the Champions League final. And then the whole window while it was open, they actually did nothing. Um, I think Van Dijk, he's going to come back. But I think it really depends on how Van Dijk comes back from that injury because it's a big injury. And you're not all. I didn't. I, I thought he was okay against us, but I still thought he there was mistakes in him. And I think there is just that extra five ten percent he's lacking at the moment. So hopefully he can get that back, and that will be good for Liverpool. But I think they will finish in fourth. I have got Manchester United in third. I think I agree with you that they their midfield is absolutely poor. It's a big. It was a big big issue that they had um, and I, 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 they haven't solved it and if anything with the way they want to play now they're just going to make that 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 uh, area even worse whereas before they used to play Fred and McTominay as two defensive midfielders now they're I mean their midfield against uh, Wolves was Fred Pogba and Fernandez. that is not going to work against a lot of teams a lot of teams are going to find find space in that and I agree with you, Varane. I, I, I don't really rate Varane as highly as other people do. I think he's a good centre back when he's got someone like Sergio Ramos next to him. But when you, the, what I found when watching Real Madrid, whenever Sergio Ramos was injured or not in the team, Varane he struggled. Yeah, yeah, he struggles because he. I think he relies on that leader next to him, and I don't see Maguire being that leader. And I just see that they're going to have uh, Verandas provide a bit more pace, so they're not going to get caught out so much against pacey players in that respect. But I think they're still going to have defensive struggles, and with that midfielder, I think it's it's not going to work out for them as well as they want. And I also think Ronaldo, as good as he is, I think in attack as well, it changes the way. United will play because they have to suit Ronaldo because he is the he is the goat at the moment. He's really yes. regarded as the goat. So, for example, the one thing that's going to cause is Bruno Fernandez is not going to take penalties anymore. 
to that. I think it's going to cause not unrest in the dress, dressing room, but the team is really going to have to change their ways to suit Ronaldo. And I think it will, it will actually be in detriment to the team in the long term. So that's why I think they'll finish third. Again, Man City, the reason I think they're going to finish second, as you said, they haven't got a striker. They failed to bring in Harry Kane. They failed to bring in Haaland. They failed to bring in Messi. They failed to bring in anyone to play in that striker role. And I think as good as Jack Grealish is, I don't really see him as someone that Pep really needed right now, even in the defensive midfield. As you said, the only real defensive midfielder that they've got that's actually any good is Fernandinho. But Fernandinho is 36 now. So obviously age is not a factor, as we know with Thiago Silva, but he against big teams, you could see when he played Chelsea, Fernandinho was getting caught out because it's just a bit too much for him and they need to find a midfielder. Otherwise, like United, they're going to struggle in that aspect. And that's why I put them second. And I think Chelsea will, it will be close, don't get me wrong. But I think Chelsea will go on to win the league and I think it will be a very good season for us Blues. Um, and hopefully yeah, it will, both it will us will be, be happy. The, the, the truth is, January, uh, like Bobby would say, is the acid test. Because... Uh, Clubs like Man City, Manchester United could still go out in the market and sign some and sign a player. Um, it happens. Uh, if it stays as it is, definitely, I think Chelsea wins it for me. Definitely. So before we finish the pod, we've got a few uh, play uh, individual player predictions to make. So first of all, top goal scorer, Kachila. Who who do you think is going to get top goal scorer in the Premier League? It, it is a very, very tight one at this point. Um, most people, it, it would be easy to pick uh, Romelu Lukaku, but I don't think he will win it. He will score uh, so, quite some goals for us, quite a lot of goals, but I don't think he will win it because of the way we play. Um, we, we, um, Tuchel builds a team. Tuchel doesn't build a team, build a team around, play, around a single player. He builds a unit. And, and that was the reason why we, we didn't, even though we, we, we found it difficult to put away chances, we still achieved what we achieved last season. Uh, but now I think, yeah, Lukaku will score a lot of goals, but it's not just going to be about Lukaku. And because you should remember uh, the way Tuchel likes to deploy his team is that, that is scoring goals and your and alone, not just your responsibility. In some cases, you'd have to create spaces for your fellow teammates. And Lukaku's hold-up play means he's going to create create chances for his teammates too. And in some cases, he's going to, uh, in most cases, he's going to score. But it's not just going to be all about him. So that's the reason why he's not going to be uh, the top goal scorer in the Premier League. I would say, um, I think Ronaldo will win it. Ronaldo will win it. And Kane will come... Uh, Kane will come second and then Lukaku will come third because Spurs will be doing everything they can just to keep Kane happy. So he's already he takes their penalty and yeah, I think Kane will, like Ronaldo first, Kane second and then Romelu Lukaku third. But Lukaku will get more assist if you ask me. I, hopefully I didn't give away the next question. Yeah, I mean, I, I have actually picked Lukaku. I, I fully backed I'm going to fully back Lukaku to do really well this season. I just think he 
I understand what you mean with the two call system, but I think the 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 players that Lukaku, that are going to benefit off Lukaku and gonna, like Reese James, for example, I think Reese James is going to pro- give Lukaku a lot of chances to score. I think other, there's going to be a lot of players that are going to give opportunities for Lukaku on a plate. Remember how many chances we created for the striker last season and Werner and for Havertz, and they just didn't always take them. But I think Lukaku, Lukaku, with the motivation that he's coming back to the club where he failed at as a youngster, or failed as putting in brackets because he didn't really fail, but there you go. Um I think he's. I think he's gonna have the motivation to do it, and I think it'll be very close between him and Ronaldo. I do pick Ronaldo as my second top, um, but I think Lukaku is just gonna. I think it might be a thing where Lukaku scores on the final day of the season, and that just edges him as the winner of the Golden Boot. Um, but I, 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 I wouldn't be disappointed if it's Ronaldo because I think it's gonna be very close. Um, you might have gave it away a little bit, but who who do you think is going to get the most assists next season? Yeah, uh, my apologies for that, but I think Lukaku will get the most assists. Um, now, I, I I I did some calculations there. His hold of play is great, and he's done it in Italy also. I think he had eleven assists last uh, this uh, is in his last season at Inter Milan. So now he has a couple of smart guys who play smart on the pitch. Someone like Kai Havertz, Mason Mount, Timo Werner. I think all of our front three, whoever starts with Lukaku, with his, by the time they get acquainted with his hold-up play, with his back on the, on the goal, when he drops the ball, either pass it to the side or left or right, or drop it just a little bit forward for the, for the for his teammate, I think... He will create a lot of chances for his teammates that way, and that is hopefully our um, uh, players. Uh, I mean, improve on their shooting. If they do, I think he will get uh, he will get up to eleven plus assists, just like he did at Inter Milan. It's uh, because he would uh, yes, he will score goals. But the truth is, like I mentioned before, Tuchel builds a unit. He doesn't build a team around a player. So it's for him. It's the other way around. You, you, everybody plays together. The goal scoring doesn't have to be you always. When you're in a very tight position, you create space or you create chance for your teammate. I think that's the reason I said he's going to get the uh, the uh, the most number of assists in the Premier League this season. Yeah, I can definitely understand what you mean. Um, I, I do, I do, I do think he's going to have a good chance of getting it. It's similar to how. Kane got the most assists last season. Um, for me, I this this kind of fit, fits into what I was saying about how United will have to change their style to fit Ronaldo. I have actually tipped Bruno Fernandes to get the most assists next season. Obviously, last season he was joint second with De Bruyne and he was two behind Harry Kane. I don't expect Harry Kane to get so many assists this season. I don't think he'll finish top. I also expect De Bruyne to get his typical injuries. Um, so I don't think De Bruyne will make it. And I just think where Ronaldo is going to score a lot of goals and he's going to need someone to put a cross, put a ball in to 
put 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 it in on a plate for him to either tap it in, head it in, or do whatever Ronaldo needs to do. And I think that's how that this is where I think Fernandez will look to excel because I think where he will lose his goals from his penalties because Ronaldo will take penalties now. Um, I think he will uh, excel in just getting some assists and looking to be a bit more creative in this Manchester United team for the target man, which is going to be Ronaldo. Um, I think, it, again, I think Lukaku will be up there and will be close, but I think Ronaldo, uh, Fernandez is just tipping it for me. Um, moving into clean sheets, which goalkeeper do you think is going to get the most clean sheets this season? Definitely for me, still Eduardo Mendy. Um, but he's going to miss how many games from now to January? Uh, just three. Uh, well, like just from what in Africa? That's a lot of games. He leaves in January, and if they are uh, not, not from now, sorry. I think he's going to miss for a month. How many games? How many games per four games? He's going to miss around five, six games or so. And if he. I don't know, because if Kepa deputizes for him and he does well, it would be difficult to just drop Kepa because because Mendy is back. That would be unfair, and I don't see that happening. Um, wow. It's a difficult one. But I think given... I, I, think, I think Mendy will still win it. Um, the reason being... Uh, for just a, a few months under his uh, reign, um, Tuku was able to like uh, assemble a very, very solid defense, even though we had those players in our team before. But under him, I don't know what he did that made a difference. Some say it's the system, it's the three at the back system. I, I let's Even if, if that's the case, that's by the way, I think having had a, a full preseason under his belt with those players, I think the defense will be even tighter. And we've seen that. We've seen that ourselves uh, on, with 10 men uh, against uh, Liverpool, how defensively solid they were, how resolute they were. So I think Chelsea will have a, a stronger defense even more. So the goalkeeper will get a chance to get most clean sheets in, 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 the, in the league. So I think it will still be Mendy. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I think it will be Mendy. I, the reason is I I I did think about the African Cup of Nation, but because obviously you have the FA Cup in January, you have two fixtures of the FA Cup, and then you have the League Cup semi-finals. There is actually only three Premier League games that he will miss. Which, looking at the Premier League games as well, it is Liverpool at home, Man City away, and Tottenham at home, which. If you look at it in retrospect, I wasn't expecting many clean sheets to come from them games anyway. Maybe man, you would expect Man City to probably score. And you never know. if It's three big teams, so you kind of would expect maybe Mendy not to get clean sheets in them games. So that's where I think Mendy might actually benefit. And I, I don't think Kepa's going to do... I think Kepa will do okay when he comes in. But I don't think he'll do enough to in them three games unless he has an absolute blinder to uh, stop Mendy from coming back in the team. So I do think Mendy, Mendy will get it. And I think the benefit as well, I think where Aston Villa are doing a little bit poor now, Martinez won't be as high. Uh, so I think it will be more of a straight fight between Edison and Mendy. So I think it will be tight because of the African Cup of Nations. But I think Mendy will just get it. Um and there is, there is the added aspect that 
we obviously COVID is still rife at the moment, so we still don't know whether should hopefully COVID doesn't get any worse, but the African Cup of Nations could not even take place. Um, so there's that aspect to throw into it. Um, so it'll be, it'll, well, I mean, both of us have gone with Mendy. I think that will probably be a uh, shoe in. Um, Kachilla, who is your player of the year? Hmm. Wow, the Premier League this season, man. Wow. It, it's exciting, it, isn't it? It is exciting. And, and the only issue for me, rotation is going to be one of the reasons why most Chelsea players will not get a chance to win it because the squad will be rotated heavily. Heavily. So uh, that reduces the game time and, and, and in turn the chances of our, our, our players winning that, uh, winning the player of the season uh, this, come, this season. Um, hmm, okay. Wow, that's a difficult one. That's a difficult one. Did De Bruyne play last, the Belgium's last game? Uh, no, he's still injured, so he hasn't gone into national duty at all. Yeah, I think. Wow. Um. All right, I think. Uh... Oh my gosh! No. It's not going to be the price injury prone and will be out most of the time. Uh, on Chelsea's side, rotation is a problem. Wow. But Lukaku will start pl- plenty of games. On Liverpool's side, there are a few signs of struggles there, even in putting away chances. It's a very hard one to pick. Yeah, it is. Okay, now, let me see. Let me just... I have to be bold here. I have to be bold here. And I think... Yeah, I think even though Lukaku wouldn't do well, because usually, no matter... If, if Ronaldo does enough, I think he wins it. Because... There are some measure of bias in, in that in that vote, and I don't know how they do it, but <laughs> yeah. in some cases you will see that there are some measure of bias in that, and the way uh, the best player is selected, I think Ronaldo will win it. If he does enough, he'll most definitely win it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I have gone with Romelu. Obviously, this will depend on if he gets top goal scorer. I think it and, will be and you're not biased, right? I'm not. I'm not being. But I. I generally think. I generally think Lukaku will win it because I think he'll. Obviously, as as we both kind of mentioned, I think he'll be very high in the goal scoring and very high in the assists. And I think if Chelsea go on to win the league, you, you can't help but look at Lukaku as being the one of the priority reasons True. of how Chelsea have got to win the league. Obviously, if Manu, if Man United go on to win the league, then you know it's going to be Ronaldo. And if Ronaldo gets top goal scorer, you know there's going to be a big chance for Ronaldo to get it because he is this he is the goat. And uh, yeah, it, Ronaldo speaks for himself. But I th- I do think Lukaku will get it. 
Uh, and I think it will be if he does. I think us Chelsea fans will be absolutely buzzing for it. Yeah, um, if he if he gets it, I'm, I'll be happy for him. But I have my reasons for thinking. I think uh, believing Ronaldo will get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand your point definitely. And now we go on to the final uh, award, which will be the Young Player of the Year. This one is this one. I I'm unarmed for about twenty minutes, so uh, <laughs> good good luck with trying to pick someone. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't find a young player that I thought would be very good. Okay, see, see, see what happens here now. I think Foden will feature a lot for Man City this season. Um, I somebody can win it twice, right? Yeah. So I think Foden will win it again because he gets involved a lot whenever he's on the pitch for Manchester City and. He's established himself and he was good enough for them to even start in the UEFA Champions League final ahead of Gabriel Jesus and even uh, Aguero, right? So I think Pep trusts him a lot. And unfortunately for the likes of um, Mason Mount, people don't look beyond his industry to see all the... So that is to look at all the aspects of his games, his vision, because he's got great vision... And I think he's becoming, he's starting to come out of his shelf on the Thomas Tuchel. But unfortunately, the first thing that comes to mind whenever you talk about Mason Mount is his industry. And if you ask me, I'd say that's one of the reasons why he didn't win it this past season. Because he was up there and, and even we won the UEFA Champions League and all that. He still didn't win it. Um, I think Foden wins it. He starts more games and... Uh, yeah, he, uh, it, yeah, I think Foden for me. I'm not even considering any other two players other than Foden and Mason Mount for me. At age 22, you could still win it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think Foden is 21, but he wins it. So uh, the only player I considered was um, Mount. How old is Sancho? Uh, I think he's 20 or 21, so he does qualify for it. He qualifies for it, but I think I've watched him in the games he's played. I think he will struggle a bit. Um, given the switch from the German League to the Premier League, it was evident that day he was struggling to, with the, should I say, not really physicality. I think he's spent, you could say he spent too much time on the ball and he's beginning to find out that you have to make quick decisions when you are in the Premier League than in the German, in the Bundesliga. So I still go for Foden. Foden wins it for me. Yeah, I mean, I this might be a bit Chelsea bias. Um, I actually, I did think of Foden, but I was just more apprehensive of, again, Man City are a type of team that love to uh, change around their front three. And I just think with the signing of Jack Grealish, I'm a bit worried that Phil Foden will be the man that possibly gets a little bit less game time. I, I still think he'll get no, game time. I, I would say Starling. I would say Starling because it seemed as if Pep was starting to get tired of Starling, Starling last season. Yeah, but I think that was he was Sterling was already kind of out of the picture last season. I think it it, it might Foden might get enough game time, but I, I just worried a little bit that he won't. 
Um, my prediction, this might be a bit biased, but I've actually gone with Kai Havertz. I think he, obviously last season, like Sancho found out, he had the struggle of transitioning to the league. But I think the Champions League final was a massive moment for Kai Havertz in his career. And I think he had a very good Euros and he's had a decent start to the season. And I think as we go through the season, I think he's really going to start to shine and I think he's going to really start working well. See, see, see the question for me, Matt. I did, I considered Kai Havertz before time, but the, the truth is, is he going to start enough games to, to, you know, to be able to do what he should do to win it? Because we will we, we'll be rotating our players, our teams a lot. And Tuchel does that quite a lot. That's what that's what you have to consider. How much game time, how many, how many games is he going to play to get the chance to prove that it's worth winning uh, the young player of the, of, the, of the season. So I don't see, that's, that's, I mean, yeah, I get your point, but I don't think Kai will, will get it, you know. Yeah, I think it's going to be a hard. As much as I would like him to. It's going to be a hard decision who goes as young player. But I, I just think with the rotation, I think Kai will get enough. I, I have a feeling that as we go through, um, I think someone like Pulisic, I think he's going to struggle a little bit for game time um, consistently. Obviously, Callum Hudson-Odoi will get, probably get next to nothing in the forward roles. I think he'll play more as a wing back. And I think it's between... I don't think Werner's going to get... I think if Kai Havertz can play well enough, I don't think Werner's going to get a lot of game time, particularly in the Premier League. I think Werner may get... The place where Werner get, may get more game time would be more in the Champions League games and the cup matches. But I think in the Premier League, I think obviously it will depend on different teams. But I think Kai Havertz and Mason Mount will be the probably go to with the opportunity of Hakim Ziyech coming in um, and I think the others will probably miss out and play more in the cup matches um, but yeah I mean it, it, we'll, we'll see at the end of the season but I, I, I do back Kai Havertz to win it and hopefully obviously with if Chelsea win the league that's also a big factor where the player of the years kind of get a bit biased so I'm hoping that will happen uh, again but that is the finish of all the predictions and it has been great to predict it and I've, I've, we've had our struggles to pick where teams to go what players to get and never easy it's never easy indeed hopefully by the end of the season we'll be able to look back on this and realize how terribly wrong we all were because <laughs> i guarantee okay. that's what it's gonna be like okay we'll see we'll see um but yeah I mean, guys, thank you for all tuning in. It's been an hour and 35 minutes. So I'm sure you guys have all been paying a lot of attention and doing this with us. So on Twitter, if you're if you're listening from and come from Twitter, make sure you comment down where you where you think teams will finish. Do you think Chelsea will finish first and who you've got for your top goal scorers, your assists, your clean sheets and your players of the year? Um, If you're on Spotify and Apple, I mean, Apple. You can pull it down in the ratings if you want, because we would love you to give us a five star rating if you if you would love to do that. And then you can put your predictions there if you want. Um, Kachila, thank yes. you for coming on. And 
Nick, do you want to tell the gu- everyone where they can find you? Because I highly advise listening to his channel because it's very good. Yeah, thank you very much for taking the time to say that, Matt. I sincerely do appreciate that. And it's an honor to get the chance to be on your podcast. And uh, hopefully I'll get the chance to appear more. And it is our Chelsea perspective on Twitter, on Reddit, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, it is simply Chelsea perspective. And I look forward to seeing you all on my channel. And if you find time to check out my videos, if you like what you see, please do subscribe to help the channel grow. Again, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, predicting uh, the season with Matt. And yeah, uh, hopefully uh, we don't get our predictions thrown into the into the trash, <laughs> into the trash bin. But we'll see in the Premier League. It's unpredictable. Yeah. Again, it's been fun for me. So thank you. No worries. And as 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 he said make sure you go subscribe obviously we, me and Cochilla will be recording a video after this pod and it'll be out in the next few days and that'll be a very good video as well um so make sure you go subscribe to it I've, I've been on the channel multiple times with some good videos that he's done over the transfer window um yeah highly advise you go subscribe the uh link to his youtube channel and all his socials will be in the description so make sure you go check that out um, we should be back for a preview of the Aston Villa game. We'll try and get uh, a couple of people on uh, and then we'll come back as usual for the reviews. Finally, Chelsea is nearly here and we've nearly got through this international break thanks to a couple of great pods, including the one with Coachella today, which is uh, a perfect pod to do in an international break. Uh, finally, Coachella, thank you for coming on. Thank you. No worries. And to everyone, thank you for listening. Make sure you uh, follow us on Spotify, uh, on Apple Podcasts, and on the Twitter at WWC Pod Articles. The Instagram as well. We got to 50 uh, followers at the moment uh, and we keep on growing. So make sure you uh, follow the Instagram page. And to everyone that's listening, 